Shifley, leave it for Connor. Why not? What a move in front. Shifley scores! Winnipeg and the Jets have a special place in, uh, in my heart. Cross for Ehlers, gives to Stastny, drops for Lion A, shooting, scores! Oh, baby, for sure. Talking hockey, the hockey talking show is back. Feels good. Is it too good to be true? No, it's not. I hope not. Because here we are. We're doing it. It's co-host Tom here with you. I am with co-host Randy. How you doing today, buddy? Just like riding a bike. Yeah, yeah. We're back on the horse. Back on the <laughs> the bike horse. horse. Bike. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's um. You know, I should have looked at you know the archives, uh, try and figure out when that last episode was. I have uh, no idea. Yeah, it was. But it was it late was, April. It was late April. Mid okay. to late April. So here we are, late July. Yeah, we've been on a COVID nineteen induced break. Our hot tight, our hot takes went ice cold. Well, we were training hard though. Yeah, like if you've seen Young Blood, uh, when they're training with their hockey bottoms on, that's what we were doing. <laughs> Just walking around the house, doing yard work uh, with uh, your the bottom half of your gear on. Yeah, no shirt, but hockey bottoms. Yeah, skates with skate guards yeah. and. Uh, you just got to, you know, get get in the half gear and really know how it feels. <laughs> my my gear has been on vacation pretty much uh, since March 13th. So, uh, but uh, yeah, it feels good to be doing a show again because we've got stuff to talk about now. It's July 31st. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the NHL kicks off with the qualifying round play-ins tomorrow, Saturday, August 1st. Uh, it's really happening. It is really happening. Um, there have been a couple, well, there have been more than a couple exhibition games, and uh, I've watched a couple, I guess, one and a half or so. And uh, and it's like, oh, look at that. That's live hockey, uh, not 1988 uh, <laughs> Smythe Division semifinal or whatever. You know, they've been showing on classic games on, on TV or whatever which I'll tune in for a period or here or there, like during the... Yeah, the it's tough to watch the whole game. Yeah. I did come across a classic game on YouTube, yeah. and it was like Gretzky and... Or uh, Lemieux and Yager, Pittsburgh versus Gretzky on St. Louis. Mm. And I think like, I don't know, everyone had like five points each. <laughs> you know, like one of those games. That's, that's <laughs> funny because like Gretzky was on St. Louis for all of five minutes you know yeah. what I mean it was like there's like tw- 12 or 15 regular season games and then the playoffs and they didn't last that long in the playoffs no think. Gretzky and Hull actually were on that team so yeah. like if you th- and Pronger like yeah yeah well they thought that that was going to be the magic connection Gretzky Hull and then I don't know what happened that he just decided not to resign there and go to New York instead yeah hard to say but anyways I came across that game on YouTube and it's like wow like this is this is classic <laughs> hockey. Yeah. But, you know, with hockey um, starting up again there, what was it, Wednesday? Tuesday? Tuesday. Tuesday was the first exhibition game. 
Yeah, yeah. So I watched all three games on Tuesday. Oh, okay. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I, I'm an addict and I have like fallen back, you know, <laughs> I've, been, I've been chasing the dragon <laughs> and I went too hard. Cause then the next day I was like, I guess I had a hockey hangover yeah. and I could only really watch the Jets game, which right. fair enough, but, yeah. um, I couldn't, yeah, I, like I found it a struggle to watch some of the other games. And then, uh, you know, on Thursday, I think we had what, like, uh, um, there was Boston, Columbus. Yeah, Nashville played Dallas, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just a bunch of games I didn't really care about, so yeah. I didn't watch them. Yeah, but yeah. Um, you know, you know, the, the the first day was really good because you had Pittsburgh and Philly, and you had Toronto and Montreal, and then uh, you had the Battle Battle of Alberta, which yeah. ended up being a pretty good game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like how during the exhibition games they paired up all the teams with kind of natural rivalries, anyway. Except for the Jets, who like have like no natural rival. Yeah, but they have <laughs> repeatedly beat Vancouver. Yeah, like regular season, like nonstop. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, I guess you know there's, I guess you know the media tried to create a little bit of stakes for that game, and you know the whole Hellebuck, the real deal, and uh, all that stuff. But um, I'm sure we'll get into it. Yeah. But I would say that Hellebuck is the real deal. Uh, we've been saying it for forever on this show that's for sure big bucky boys that's what they call us the big (laughs) bucky boys (laughs) but uh i I will i'll just say going back to a mention you said uh when was the last time we made our show so it was like mid to late april the we we had predictions on that show as to what we thought might happen with the future of hockey we thought uh, we went we, we said what what percent chance do you give it that hockey comes back to finish the season or have a Stanley cup or whatever? And at that point, uh, you said you thought there was an 80% chance. I think it was that it was coming back that they would play and finish the season somehow. I said that you said 80% chance that they do it. You said you didn't want it to happen, but you said there's no way that they'll let that money just, okay. So uh, see, that's that's the perfect example, folks. If you're listening and if you gamble, <laughs> bet with your mind, not with your heart. Because <laughs> yeah. if I would have bet with my heart, I would have said no, cancel yeah. the season. Yeah. But I knew that they were going to come were, back for yeah. the big mighty dollar. And they did. Yeah. Or, yeah. And and I went the opposite way. I said I think I gave it a twelve percent chance that they would return to play. I said there's a. It's an eighty-two percent or eighty-eight uh, percent chance that they're that they're not gonna come back, and that was my heart saying it. So I didn't think logically on that one. That's <laughs> that's my bad. But anyway, here we are. I was wrong. You were right, mostly well, percentage-wise. You know, uh, like I said, um, I th- I think <laughs> I think realistically, maybe it would have been a good idea just to shut her down and and and. Uh, make sure everyone stayed healthy and all that stuff. But at the same time, people got to make money. Well, and you look at the model that they're using, the bubble model, if you will, and uh, the way that they've been able to do it and what we know now versus what we knew in April. uh, I I think that uh, they're doing, they're doing it very smartly and it seems to be working as opposed to the MLB model, which is like, who drew that plan up? Yeah, I think Trump. A a back of a napkin somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, actually, before we get any further, we should uh, um, have our first beer since yeah, our last episode. Yeah, we should crack these coldies, absolutely. I haven't had a beer since April, and the last time we made a show, that's not true. But <laughs> we've got here the uh, 
uh, a Winnipeg classic. It's called Bikey McBikeface, and it's by the brewery Half Pints. It's a grapefruit lager. You say, oh, that's a Rattler. No, it's not a Rattler. It's just a grapefruit lager. And uh, clocks in at 4.5%. So she's, you know, a, a light beer, if you will. Uh, it's certainly very refreshing. I have only ever had one of these, and that was a couple weeks ago. I think that that's the same. I think this is going to be uh, yeah. bikey number two for me. Yeah, but I have a buddy, and he's he says best beer in Winnipeg right here. Ooh. So. Who's your buddy? <laughs> I can't reveal my sources. Okay. <laughs> anyway, well, let's crack these beers. The symphony of yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. Very good. I don't know why I took mine out of the koozie to crack it. Oh, I took it out to read it. Maybe to uh, get the get the logo in on the on the camera here. Yeah. Can I read you the can? Bikey yeah. don't care about rules. Bikey don't care about running over typeface. Is bikey hoppy? I guess. Is bikey mixed with grapefruit juice? Sure. Whatever. Too restrained to be an IPL and too rad to be a rattler. Bikey don't stay in bikey's bike lane. So it's know. quite refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, you, like you're right. Or whoever wrote that can, you're right. It's not a Rattler. Like, no. but yeah. it's got the Rattler taste to it, but it's also got a bit more beer to it, which yep. um, is always good. More beer is always what is required. Yeah, it's nice. <clears throat> um, I guess in response to your friend who thinks this is the beer, uh, you know, we've definitely shown a lot of allegiance yeah. to a maybe let's say an unnamed brewery on clo- very close to confusion corner. <laughs> <laughs> certainly, certainly I w- I'll go, well, I'll, I'll just say it. Sucrums. We love Sucrums. There's no doubt about that. Um, I think though, like the Winnipeg beer scene, a local craft beer scene, it's, it's great right now. There's nothing to complain about for sure. There's no shortage of good ones to try. My personal favorite is the Torque Hazy Whaler. Okay. It's a, it's a Northeast IPA. I, I would say that that was my number one beer. Okay. Um, you know, I I would say that there's quite a few beers that come from Andrew Sukram there that mm-hmm. uh, are are near the top of my list. But I'd have to say during COVID 2020, mm-hmm. I've been a huge fan of Torx Curmudgeon. Okay. It's a sour IPA. Okay. And I have to say That's, that uh, it's been yeah. a very um, it, it's got what you need from the IPA side of things. Yeah. But it's on also a, sour. On yeah. a cold, cold day, sometimes an IPA just doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. And a sour kind of does it. And it's the best of both worlds. So nice. maybe that'll be a future beer of the week here as, as the show ramps up here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I guess we're, we'll be back somewhat regularly. I don't know how regularly, but we've got hockey to talk about again. So there are beers to drink. So this week, yeah, we've got the half pints. Uh, bikey McBike Face. Look for it at your local vendor or uh, Manitoba Liquor Mart, I suppose. There you go. Let's do a little more just um, dust dusting off the business because okay. it's been a long time. It has been a while. So if you just kind of do the rundown of uh, of our home. Like where, where's it, our home? Uh, where, where can you find us on, on yeah. the interwebs? Let's give it the rundown. So... Boys, what you're going to want to do is go on the internet here and just check out. Yeah, check out Instagram and go search out at Talking Hockey Podcast. 
that's us. We're the ones with the Jets logo that's got the beer on it. Because uh, boys uh, and girls, you know, we like to talk hockey. We like to have a beer. So that's what this show's all about. Um, Instagram's where you'll find us. And that's, this whole account started with, or uh, it was vintage hockey hair. And it's all, it's all salads, um, you know, uh, flow. Uh, what else is it called? You know, any number of things. But anyway, so there's lots of pictures of great flow. Like I've obviously not had a lot to talk about or post about uh, show-wise lately. But, uh, you know, I've still been trying to post. And and then, and there's, you know, like uh, Pat Burns caught him on TV the other day. Uh, took a picture, posted it up because Pat Burns, coach from the 80s, 90s he had he had fantastic hair yeah you know yeah great little mullet the most recent post elliot friedman and the fridge beard holy should it did he kill a man with his bare hands (laughs) (laughs) he looks like you know that robert redford movie where he's like the the mountain man yeah uh robert johnson or whatever it's like that which is one of the greatest memes that like you know the yeah yeah, 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 yeah 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 um i didn't know that was robert redford I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, I've watched. I watched that movie over over the COVID. Uh, oh, nice. Pandemic here. Did you see where the meme happened? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god, this is the meme! Yeah. It's happening!" <laughs> yeah. How about this one? Uh, uh, Jets center Adam Lowry, his dad, Jungle Dave, Dave Jungle Lowry. How about this post on the Talking Hockey podcast Instagram? Whoa! Uh, did he play a few rounds of golf and uh, leave his sunglasses on? Holy jeez! Yeah, that's the that's what you call the sun. That's the Florida special right there. Um, did you ever watch that show Raccoons on uh, yeah, CBC? I loved that show. Yeah. <laughs> Dave Lowry, part, cast member of the Raccoons. Bert, Bert Raccoon. He yeah. had the hockey jersey on. That's right. Yeah. So anyway, so follow us on on Instagram, Talking Hockey Podcast. Also, you're going to want to find us over at uh, umfm.com slash podcasts. That's where we're hosted at. And you can catch the pod on your local pod catcher, I guess. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's... Most of the business. One little thing I wanted to add that will kind of um, reveal, um, you know, we're, we're going to do some giveaways here on Talking Hockey, the That's Hockey right. Talking Show. So uh, I guess, did was the giveaway we did before, was that through a show or that was just on Instagram? Just on Instagram. Okay, we, so we I, I had some Jets gear to give away and we did... A post that nice was ball like, cap. yeah, nice if, brand new Jets ball cap. If you wanted to play hockey card war against somebody, mm-hmm. say who it was, tag them, and then you have a chance to win a Jets cap. Yeah. So we're gonna do more of that kind of stuff. Who who won the cap again? That was listener Andrew okay. in uh, in uh, what's that neighborhood called? Maple City? No, uh, Garden City. Okay, so yeah. Andrew's got rocket. If you see Andrew around town and you like his cap. It's because he played our games here, folks. <laughs> so um, today um, we're starting a giveaway, which includes an Andrew Ladd bobblehead mm. and Andrew Ladd McFarlane nice. player. So um, you've got to listen to the end of the episode to hear how you're going to win those bad boys. Okay. okay? Right. So uh, yeah, little giveaway coming up. And um, yeah, I guess maybe we should get into some topics of the day. 
Oh, absolutely. Let's let's dive right in. Um, I think uh, we were kind of just. I think the first question I want to ask you, Randy, is: um, Are you attaching an asterisk to this year's Stanley Cup? I uh, definitely am. Yeah. Yes. Um, like. But honestly, I don't know if you're really gonna have to like physically write the asterisks. I think everyone, when they see 2020 Stanley Cup champion, yeah. they're, it ju- they're just going to know it's just going to register because 2020 is going to be that year but, yeah. of, of that everyone is going to remember. Mm-hmm. But for sure, I would say that this, whoever wins the cup this year is a bit of a different winner because, for sure. um, you know, everybody got to get healthy and the whole s- yeah, start, new ball game. Yeah. yeah. I think um, just because um, everyone got a break, I don't think like maybe if you were like the number one seed, like I don't know if you're still the number one seed and all, like because every like everyone wasn't playing hockey, like and I don't know, I just I feel that there's maybe going to be a little more parity now. Um, after this break, yeah. Well, I mean, teams like Chicago and 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 Montreal that had zero chance of making the playoffs had the season continued normally, they've got a chance now. And like you know, so you're saying there's a chance, right? Like, you know, I don't see a Chicago win over Edmonton as being that crazy. Uh, Montreal beating Pittsburgh, you know, maybe not, that's a little bit far fetched. I don't know, but could happen um but like you say like they've got they've all everybody's been off the same amount of time and and they're you know the all it takes is a a good couple games really you know the game one of these play-ins uh the best of five that i think whoever wins game one is probably nine times out of ten gonna win the the series well and also it's a best of five so it's you win two in a row and you know you're 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 almost there yeah um, but yeah, for sure, I would say asterisks, like this is different. Um, it's cool. Like, it, you know, like it, it's pretty interesting and yeah. almost amazing to see how all this was pulled off. You know, it looked like it was going to happen in Vegas. It looked like, you know, Canada wasn't even going to host or whatever. Yeah. And now it's only Canadian cities. Um, things went back and forth for forever. Um, it's like, is it going to go? Is it not? What, you know, but mm-hmm. it's still, it's like when they dropped the puck on those first games there, it was kind of neat to see it was really happening. And, um, you know, it's the good old hockey game, you know, yeah. like you just got to love watching it no matter yeah. if it's July or August or well, that's the thing, January. Is, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't take long to just get back into watching a game before you're into it again. Yeah. Yeah, watching the Jets game the other night, uh, you know, it was just like, it was like, here we go, boys. All right, then, you know, like they just and, and they looked like, you know, I, I think uh, reading some stories afterwards that a lot of people said it was a sloppy first period. Well, no doubt. No doubt. Um, but, you know, I thought I thought other than, you know, whatever, like I, I thought that they came together pretty good and, and they looked solid. Now, maybe. It's not you don't want to read too much into it, but you know I thought uh, what I've seen it looked like hockey. They're all professional players. They can do bet like in the Columbus Boston game. I watched a bit of that, and Columbus looked sharp. Oh yeah, uh, and Liam Foodie, Team Canada captain, I think at the World Juniors. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 
he made a superb uh, backhand sauce pass right onto the tape of Boone Jenner. Uh, and that was a nice goal. And it's like, well, they, uh, I mean, Liam Foodie played all of two games in the NHL before this. So, you know, like you, you can't chalk that one up to chemistry necessarily. Uh, he just had, has skill and good hockey sense and said, let me just sauce, let me just get the ladle out and put a little <laughs> of this sauce on your, uh, stick. And well, and also like, I don't know, maybe there's. You know, from from you know some chatter, if mm-hmm. you want to call it some chatter on the internets, mm-hmm. um, you know people maybe not not uh, down with the old watching hockey during summer. Yeah, uh, you know hockey should be in the winter, and it's it's August. So. You know there shouldn't be all this hockey on TV. You should doing this and doing that. But really, like if you think about um, World Cup hockey, yeah. that always happens in August and into September. Back in the day when they had Canada Cup, that was always at the end of the summer. I'm fine with summer turnies. Yeah, like it it it, it seems cool, man. Like, um, what else are we gonna do? Well, pretty much. <laughs> and and if you're not into it, well, I don't. I mean, just don't watch it. Like, yeah. go to the lake then. Who cares? Like, yeah. you don't need to announce it to the world that you're against it. Like, like. You know, uh, Tuesday, the day of the first exhibition games, I was like you. I was very excited that hockey was back, but it was also a gorgeous day, and we went uh, and had a backyard barbecue, and I didn't watch any of it. You know what I mean? So uh, it's summer, and in a city like Winnipeg, where um, summer is short, uh, we treasure it for sure, right? So... Uh, but you know what? I will watch every Jets game. <laughs> so like, and I'll probably watch a bunch of other games. So, but you know, like, am I going to probably be inside from noon till uh, midnight watching hockey? No, but you know. Uh, <laughs> well, there's the key games to watch for sure. Exactly. Yeah. You tune into the key ones and the ones that interest you and you watch the highlights of the others. And it's just cool to have it back. I think like, uh, you know, I, I, I I just tuned out of out of hockey so much like I just didn't I didn't you know like obviously like the radio uh uh the the regular websites I would be looking at and stuff it was just like I just didn't bother reading them or whatever cuz what were they writing about what were they talking about nothing yeah. and hence why our show I think we probably just said let's let's just take a break here yeah we don't need to fill the airwaves with no. with uh umfm our boss down there he's not on our he's not riding our ass to to produce content right so <laughs> so how about like on, on a regular playoff season would you watch every every series or would like mm. if, if carolina was playing the rangers in a like would you watch that series i might watch one or two games like no offense to carolina or yeah. you know but no, i i i can care less about carolina i like the rangers a little bit but uh no i would probably and like they're playing each other in the in the qualifiers chances are i'm not really going to watch any of those games cuz there's there was always like those games like that would be like on American Network, like yeah, at three yeah. in the afternoon or something. Yeah, that you know you generally wouldn't watch. You'd yeah. maybe tune in, Nashville have the game on in the background, or yeah, yeah, Nashville versus Arizona or something. Yeah. Like that that series isn't really going to burn down the house. Like, no offense, but no. Um, I think the ones that I'm looking forward to obviously are Winnipeg and Calgary. I think Edmonton, Chicago is going to be good. I think uh, Toronto, Columbus will be good. Not. For any other reason than I just think that uh, 
it's a coin flip. I can't decide who's going to win that series where the other ones, I kind of have an inkling one way or the other, you know, how about um, Pittsburgh, Montreal? Yeah, I think, uh, I think Montreal will give them some good games, but at the end of the day, I think Pittsburgh wins that in three or four, to be honest with you, but we'll see. Stranger things have happened. Let's, let's do a quick, um, so we got what we got Edmonton, we got Calgary, we got Vancouver, we got Winnipeg, we got Toronto, we got Montreal. Yeah, six right? of the seven Canadian teams are in. Just Ottawa didn't make it. So um, just give me a quick rundown of like each Canadian team. Yeah. So obviously Jets are playing Calgary, so yeah. one's, one, one team's going home. Yeah, there, I think Calgary's going home. Like, I mean, and that's obviously some homerism coming through there. But, uh, you know, um, I just I look at the matchup and everybody, as everybody has, and they, they check the boxes. Uh, Winnipeg, goaltending, check. Winnipeg, forwards, forward depth and skill and whatever, check. Excuse me. The blue line, people are check, giving Calgary that one, but... You know, I've been looking at the Winnipeg blue line and I like it and they're healthy and I think that it's underrated and I think that um, people are writing it, writing it off, you know. They're still talking about in every article I've read this week uh, or the last week or two since training camps uh, started, except for, uh, you know, maybe, no, I'll say every article pretty much, they're like Winnipeg's decimated blue line and then they talk about who isn't here. Like, they're still talking about it. It's July. Yeah. It's almost August. Uh, that happened, like, last year in training camp. You know what I mean? Last summer. Yeah. It's like, you, I don't know. So, uh, it is what it is. It's obviously the big storyline, but, like... Well, think about the uh, game against Vancouver. The Jets scored four goals, and two goals were scored by defensemen. Yeah. Kulikov and uh, Pullman. Pullman. Yeah. You know, um, I was telling you before this all kicked off when training camp started... I think I sent you a text or something, uh, and I was saying Cooley's fired up or whatever. He's, you know, he's like... I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'm telling you, man, like, Dmitry Kulikov, look out. He's got sick mitts. <laughs> okay, the rest of the Canadian teams. Yeah, so... Um, Vancouver's going to play Minnesota. Yeah, that's a tough series to call. I And uh, right before we started recording here, uh, we were talking about, about that a little bit. And I think the natural tendency is to lean towards Vancouver. They look like... Maybe a better team. They've got uh, they've got good depth and stuff. But Minnesota, don't count them out. They might bore you to death and exactly. win, and just win the hockey game. Call that the not, sleeper series because yeah, you might fall asleep. Yeah, exactly. While you're not looking, they might just uh, win a couple games, and next thing you know, they're moving on. But if I had to if I had to make a pick right here, I'd say Vancouver. I don't know, but I think the Canucks get through the first. The, they get through to the playoffs. Yeah, so so far I've got Jets and Canucks getting through. Uh, Edmonton, I do think that they're going to take care of Chicago. So let's say they get through. Now that one might go five games, but um, honestly I think Edmonton is a solid team. And obviously they have two of the best players in the world with the Deutschland Dangler and uh, Connor McDavid. And you know what? Like we laughed about it a lot about Koskinen and how that was Shirelli's like middle finger as he was walking out the door, making that signing. Koskinen's been good this year. Like he's been, and he, him and uh, what's his name, splitting the duties. Mike, Mike Smith. Smith yeah. yeah. 
and Koskinen's been good. So who, which goalie do they go with in the playoffs or play-ins? I don't know, but yeah. I, I think, think their chances are pretty much the same, whichever guy they go with. Yeah. Um, but you're right. Like they've got McDavid and uh, Dreisaitl. Um, not a lot behind them. Like you got uh, Nuge. Mm-hmm. Um, you've that got, Yamamoto uh, kid's been really good. Yeah. It, they, they, I don't know. The, the the playoffs is a different season though, so you have to like sometimes the X factor is experience. Yeah. And, well, they got James Neal now, so that guy's. Uh, but on the other side, you've got Taze, yeah. uh, Kane. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, Crawford. D- Duncan Keith. Keith. Uh, I guess Seabrook's not playing. Yeah, he stayed he's home. Out. I think. Yeah. But still, still like you've got. Um, uh, sod. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, then, well, not experience, but Kubelik or whatever that guy's name is. And then you got Strom, you got Deprinkit. Like, I don't yeah. like no slouch there on the other side of Chicago. Nope. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not seeing they, Connor they, McDavid getting knocked out in the qualifying round. No, I, I agree. And, and Chicago, I think sort of, they had read the writing between the lines at the tra- at the uh, trade deadline and they dealt away um, Robin Lehner to uh, Vegas. Vegas and Gustafson, their defenseman, to Calgary, actually. And not that that guy's like the best D ever, but, but a he, good depth. D. He's, he's yeah. a good shot and good power play guy and all the rest of it. So, you know, um, yeah. And, and what does Chicago have that can replace him? At, like just right now, not exactly. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, the rest of their D I'm not quite sure of. No. Um, and then in the East, you got Toronto, you got Montreal. Yeah. Um, and like I might've alluded to the Toronto Columbus series, I think is going to be a coin flip. So, do you have a coin in your pocket? I don't. No. I don't have any money. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'll just flip an imaginary coin, and Columbus just won that series. So Toronto, sorry, boys. You're going home before it even starts. I think, you know what? Like, I I just, especially with Columbus beating Tampa Capital Bay last, last year. year. Like yeah. I know it's a way different team, mm-hmm. but I like the heart of the team is still there. They've got good goaltending and they've got a really good coach in Tortorella. Yeah. And like the the guys show up to play with that team. So I agree. I don't know. I like Toronto's got the the flash and the pizzazz and the the offensive skill. Yeah. Um. They obviously looked really good against Montreal, but Montreal also looked pretty bad. Yeah. So. Um, and then Columbus beat uh, Boston 4-1 or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and maybe Boston wasn't really, I don't know what, but like you, I think you expect Boston to be better than they showed in that exhibition game. But, but yeah, no, I, I don't think Columbus, like I think they're a good team. Yeah. And I think we forget about that because all they're the... They're in Columbus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's... Um, yeah, like Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, I've talked about him on the show a number of times. Uh, big fan of that guy. Well, they got, Zach, they got Renske Zach Renske and Seth Jones. Seth Jones, yeah. he's healthy. He's a big, bad dude on the back end. Yeah. Um, and then you got Elvis and Corpusello in Nets, and it's pretty steady there. I think it looks like they might go with Corpusello, but uh, you never know. And yeah. then, um, yeah, they, they. I think... Uh, uh, Columbus, you know, they'll give Toronto a run for their money, and and 
Who knows? Um, and then Montreal, Pittsburgh? Yeah, I think the Penguins are, are going to take that. I, th- I don't think Montreal will be moving on, but stranger things have happened. And I think that, you know, my one of my picks in the East to, to go the distance is Pittsburgh. I think that they're going to put it together and they're going to have a good run. Uh, I don't know. I just think that Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, they, uh, they're not done. They want more cups and well, they got Marlowe, they got Zucker, they got Gensel. Yeah. They got yeah, Gensel's they back. Got That's huge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shiri is back now they got, too. They got our boy, Brandon Tanev. Yeah. Brandon. Yeah. No, I think, and, um, Tristan Jerry, they got like two good goalies. If, yeah. And, and Matt Murray, like Murray, as young as he is already has a couple cups. And so, you know, I, I just think uh, Pittsburgh's set up to do well, and, and For I sure. don't see any reason that they wouldn't. What what I keep thinking about <laughs> is that if what if Montreal upsets Pittsburgh and wins, and then Pittsburgh just happens to get the first overall draft pick. Well, then you know who's winning the cup Lafreniere. next year. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then for the next, like, five whatever years, you have Crosby centering Lafreniere and Gensel. Imagine yeah. that line. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Crosby's 32 or something right now. So imagine, yeah, you know, you think... 33, okay, I think, turning 33. Okay, yeah. so he's got, like, five good years of hockey before his body starts being, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. So <laughs> I honestly, I think playing the, with those two. Oh my God. I think the penguins, they, they could sit Crosby and still beat Montreal. Yeah. I think like, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But, um, how about, so that's, that's the, I, I pretty much agree with you. Um, the only one that I might flip would be, um, Vancouver, Minnesota, yeah, but really, the, I don't really care. The wild might. Um, how about like in general and all the other series and like round robins, we don't need to talk about those, mm-hmm. but um, <clears throat> how about, and do you see any series just being a complete blowout? Like, do you see anyone going three straight? Well, jeez, uh, I might have to be reminded of some of the other series. Um, I know we've got Carolina, New York. That's that. That to me is anybody's series. You got Florida, New York. I think the Panthers might get swept. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, now that I say Florida, I think the Islanders will just take care of that one, no prob. And then the other one, I think Nashville will probably sweep Arizona. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those would be my picks. Um, I think everybody else, like I think Chicago will still steal a game against Edmonton. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Jets will sweep Calgary. No, um, I think the Jets-Calgary series will be a good one. Uh, the only time they played this year was the Heritage Classic, which if you remember back to the beginning of season two of Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show, we, uh, I had a live road reports from, well, they weren't live, but <laughs> uh, recorded live uh on location, I guess is the word I'm looking for, uh, road reports from the Heritage Classic. So um, anyway, but that was the only time they played this year. And yeah. That was a close game, 2-1, but can you read anything into it? Probably not. Outdoor game, always different. different uh, which reminds me... Different um, coach for Calgary at the th- time. That was season two. I'm calling this the bubble season. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice, nice. 
So yeah. this is bubble season episode one. I'll advertise it as such on Instagram. So nice. there you go. Um, yeah, I think overall, like that's you know a pretty decent outlook on yeah. on the series. So who are your? Sorry to cut you off there. I was going to say. So who are your favorites in the East and the West to go through? Not just the qualifiers, but like on either uh, the whole thing. Who do well, you do? You got any gut feelings? I like I watched that Tampa game, even though they were playing against the Panthers. But Tampa looks freaking good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like yeah. Braden Point. Yeah. Kucherov. Like they yeah. just like they're and just Stamkos so stacked. didn't even play, and Hedman didn't play, and they're I think so that stacked. it's a team that yeah, like they don't need those guys. They'll still win, but yeah, those guys make them better. Obviously, I think. Um, you you gotta like Pittsburgh's chances. Um, what about Boston? I don't like I don't know, but Philly is up there too because Philly's yeah. got such a solid team. Yeah, Couturier and Carter Hart's like yeah, like wonder kid. I don't know, like it, it it's gonna tough be tough to be top two in that conference with Boston. And then there's Washington. Washington too, like, yeah. But uh, like I think Tampa and Philly. Uh, are a lot better than than people um, are remembering or yeah. giving them credit for. For sure, maybe. yeah. Yep. And then in the West, um, I think Colorado because they're mm-hmm. just so. They've been building for a couple years. They got nasty Nate, you know. He's, they're they're he, like their forwards are so good. They added Kadri. They have mm, so much more depth. They yeah. got Kale McCarr. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Colorado looks really good. I think so. Um, who was their goalie again? Uh, is it like Pavel Francouz or something? Is it Grubauer? Gruby? Might be. I Jeez, don't know. I, I, I don't remember. I, I, I sw- they could probably not even have a goalie and they'd still win. Uh, <laughs> like Kale McCarr, man. Like that kid is, is the real deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I would say um, for sure uh, Tampa Bay looked like the real deal. And maybe... Um, you know the the sweep from Colorado or Columbus there last year was you know a, a wake up call and like you know they can't you know I think if if Tampa doesn't win the cup this year you got to think that uh, you know they're gonna start clearing clearing they house might, a bit yeah, they might change things up a little bit yeah and I do but, believe John Cooper is the longest serving head coach right now that's correct I believe and Paul Maurice might be right after him now I think so, which is yeah. crazy because it feels like he's just got here, but I guess he's been here. That was for, like 2015 or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I just looked it up, and uh, Pavel Francouz and Philip Grubauer basically split the games for Colorado this okay. year. There's a couple Gru- other guys that played games. Did you know Michael Hutchinson played a game for Colorado this year? Yes. Yeah. And then he went to Toronto, and they tried to run him right out of town. I thought it was the other way around. He Did went he to go Colorado from after? Toronto to Colorado. So where I, is he right now? I have he's no not idea. in the. I wonder if he's in the bubble. I have no idea. Anyway, there's a little hockey database rabbit hole to go down later. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, like I said, overall, Philly, Tampa look quite good in the East, but yeah, yeah you definitely can't underestimate Boston, Pittsburgh, no. Washington. Yeah, there's there's a lot yeah, of I mean, teams. like it's almost easy to forget about Washington right now. I don't know why, but it just you know, like you're looking at all, at the Bostons and whatever, and and then you think, oh yeah, Washington, <laughs> like the Caps are good. Um, I, I will uh, ask you this then. So we we've talked about the series. 
the play-ins, uh, whatever, and and our favorites. Um, do you think that? And I don't think it's like kosher that a team would throw a series. I don't think anybody's doing that because everybody's professional. But do you think there's anybody that's kind of like maybe hoping to lose for Laffy? You know what I mean? They might. Uh, like they look at this play in as like, well, we'll just play some of our guys who, you know, if we win great, if we don't no no shocker. I'm, I'm thinking Montreal. <laughs> well, here's a conspiracy theory theory for you. Yeah. So you had the draft lottery there whenever that was a, who knows? It feels like it was a <laughs> lifetime ago. Yeah. A few weeks back, maybe. But, I don't know. Um, so you have everyone tuning in for, to see who's potentially going to get the number one pick to get uh, Lafreniere. So you had Ottawa. Like, they have two picks in the yeah, first they round. they got pick number th- two and five or something, something like, like that. that. But so, you you know, Ottawa's got two picks in the game. Uh, Detroit was, like, by far the worst team in the league. You know, they were hoping to get them. You also had San Jose in there, I think, and, you know, Anaheim, L.A., all those teams. So you do this draft lottery for all those teams that didn't make New Jersey, um, all the teams that didn't make the qualifying round, and no one gets it. Mm. Okay, so now it's – and it's like the team who wins that. And apparently it was like the team in block whatever. which team ended up, E. Which ended which, up being the, which the Jets. Which was to be the Jets. So yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like that's, again, some sort of hockey <laughs> gods – Batman just stuff wants going on. to, you know, yeah. Exactly. So anyways, the lottery happens. No one gets the number one pick. So no one knows who's going to get Lafreniere yet. Yeah. And then they're going to do another lottery with all the teams that don't make it through this qualifying round. And one out of those eight teams get yeah. Lafreniere, basically. Yeah. So just think of the ratings when they do that lottery. Oh, yeah. It's going to be nuts. <laughs> yeah. And that'll be happening right after the qualifying the round. The next day, apparently. Yeah, yeah, between the qualifying round ending and the first round starting, they're going to do that draft lotto with the eight losing teams from the qualifiers. So whatever team gets that will immediately, that'll be like a shot of healing juice to the pain that they just felt from losing their series and wh- whoever that team team may be well like say, imagine if chicago gets yeah it. exactly but imagine i think if montreal gets him i still think they're a ways away from being a good yeah. team because <laughs> i thought you were gonna say if montreal gets him they'll choose like some guy yeah. other than lafreniere <laughs> but like i don't know it just seems like they can't quite put together a good team yeah, there. I don't like, know don't how we, has Mark Bergeron or Bergevin been uh, the GM for as long as he has. There, the, his people were calling for his head like five years ago, and he's still there. Like you got Joanne, you got Domi, you got um, Gallagher. Mm. Like it, they're good players, but like there's no superstars. Yeah, and 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 so I just said what I said about Bergevin. Now, mind you. I actually think that the team that the Habs iced this year and last year are the best two teams of his GM tenure so far. Because, like, you go back to the whole, like, Subban, Pacioretty debacle of, like, choosing a captain and all the rest of it, and then both of them ended up getting shipped out of town anyway and blah, blah, blah. You know, 
he's actually done pretty well in some of the trades and to me Weber is um I like I love that guy so like I'm I'm perfectly glad that he's a hab but I don't know like it, it just Montreal seems like to be spinning their wheels. Yeah, exactly. They're like, they're That's just, the perfect. Yeah, yeah. And they're just like stuck in the mud or whatever, yeah. and they can't get any momentum going forward or backward or whatever. They haven't fully torn it down to rebuild. They haven't fully like tried to go all in. It's just like they're stuck in the stuck in the sand or whatever. And and I don't know. It's weird to um, or it's hard to try and predict what they'll how they'll look like next year but like I mean getting a guy like Lafreniere like that he's a Quebec kid he's gonna be a star but he's not a centerman though like no like so like you need well like they have the goalie yeah and unfortunately they've probably wasted a good portion of Carey Price's best years yeah but and they have the defensemen. They have Shea Weber, and then they also have a few younger D men coming up that are going to be really good. Yeah. But they don't have that number one centerman to build around, like to build your forwards around. Their drafting record over the last handful of years has been poor. Like, did did they think that Galchenyuk was going to be their number one center? Well, he was drafted as a center. Yeah. And then and then I don't know why, but they would never let him play center. And now he's on his fourth NHL team. Yeah. Um, and then, you know what? It's the same with Domi and Drew N. They're both like, can this guy play center? And it's an experience. It's like, a, uh, it's in progress, right? Like, who knows? Like, they bounce him from the wing to center and whatever. Like, their best center is Philip Dano, who is, I think, a really good player. They got him from Chicago in a trade for... Shaw? You know what? I can't even remember. It might have been though. Because Shaw went to Chicago now, right? Or where Shaw's is... back on Chicago, but yeah. he's concussed or something. Right. I don't know. No, because Shaw and Dano played on the Habs at the same time. It was somebody else. But anyway, uh I can't remember who it was, but it doesn't really matter. But Philip Dano is a really good center, but is he like a number one center? My answer would be no. He's your number two center. You need like the sort of big points guy or whatever. And, and Montreal just hasn't been able to figure that out. I don't know why. I don't know why, but yeah, if they, if they uh, lose, you know, I, I just get the feeling that they're kind of like, "Eh, we'll play a series as good as we can, but if we lose, we're not too shook up about it. I think though, I think the hockey gods though will recognize that and you know, they won't, you know, I agree. They'll they'll want to see like yeah. bad karma. Maybe maybe Chicago will take Edmonton to five games and lose, but then, then the hockey gods will give them yeah, yeah, a yeah. little silver platter. Yeah. As long as it's not like Arizona or Nashville or something that gets yeah, Lafreniere. Yeah, then he's kind of buried yeah. down there. But um, but I think Ottawa with the number two pick, they're set up real nicely either way because if the number one guy is Lafreniere then the consensus two is either Byfield or Stutzel. Yeah. And by all accounts, both of those guys are great players. But I mean, imagine if like for whatever reason, somebody decides to go off the board and take Byfield first instead of Lafreniere just because of position because Byfield's a center. So like that would be like the thing that Montreal would do, I bet, right? 
if they take got the, the first overall, yeah. they would probably take Byfield, and then it would be scandal because they didn't select the guy from Quebec, and then Byfield would turn out to be a bust. <laughs> okay, here's a scenario for you. Watch Je- the Jets get the first pick. Mm. They have enough skilled wingers. Yeah. Could they trade that pick and get like a legit number two defenseman or something? Or or a legit number two center Centerman, yeah. or something. Well, I mean, they could they could yeah. they could flip that pick and get something and then uh, take Byfield or Stutzel at number two and get their centerman there, right? Right. So whoever so trade the number one pick to Ottawa trade for their number two pick. Yeah. So but then ask get, for something else. Yeah, say like here's here's um here's Lafreniere. Give us the number two pick and that Brandstrom guy or something. Yeah, a D man or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I would do that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. why? That's yeah, wheeling and dealing. Do you, do you need more wingers? Like, I think the Jets are pretty good in the skill yeah, winger department. Yeah, but you then just draft Lafreniere and trade one of your wingers? I well, I guess, but at the same time, if you think about. Lafreniere is going to be at an entry level contract for three years, so you got hit. You're paying him a million bucks or less. Yeah. You could move Ehlers and open up five mil. Exactly. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, but you know we're uh, big Nick Ehlers fans over here. Yeah, we, so. we would never trade Nicky. Yeah, exactly. Nicky's so. going to score a goal here. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, we are this first period's kind of maybe uh, approaching wrapping up here. Yeah, yeah. Sure. What do you What do you feel? Yeah, I mean we've kind of hit all the talking points. Okay. Um, I guess we didn't really talk about there was one one last thing that maybe we'll just quickly mention is just how it's interesting I think how this whole bubble uh playoff format for the NHL it kind of feels like a minor hockey tournament or it looks Let's talk it, about it that in the like, third period cuz then we'll go we'll go through some memories too right, right. cuz I want to I want to put I want to throw the pants music on here oh, Okay yeah. yeah so we'll we'll talk about some hockey memories uh in the third period in relation to that topic Sure there. yeah so let's uh come back we'll take a quick break here on Talking Hockey the Hockey Talking Show we'll come back with a segment we like to call Wearing the Pants and that's when uh, Randy asks a question and I put the pants on of the person who he's asking the question to and try to answer it. Stay tuned. When I wake up in the morning light, I pull on my jeans and I feel all right. I pull my blue jeans on. I pull my all righty welcome back to talking hockey the hockey talking show it's co-host tom here with co-host randy that is the uh blue jeans song putting on the pants haven't heard that in a while the funky sounds of that song and uh i missed it randy i missed it a lot it's been a while, yeah. I, we we probably didn't even do that on our last few episodes. Yeah, we kind of, uh, I don't know, like this is a segment that we've been doing essentially since like the first episode of our show, basically. We've been putting pants on, we, you know, <laughs> it's all about wearing pants on this show. Well, now um, you could call an Uber and take the Uber to St. Vitale Mall. Ah, so you've, let's say you've had uh, a bikey McBike face or three. 
Exactly. And you want to head on down to the bay at St. Fatal Mall and try on some pants, or as the season dictates, perhaps some shorts, some pleated khaki shorts, Randy. And I've heard that there are some killer sales at the bay. (laughs) So the bay, if you'd like to uh, sponsor us, absolutely. We're listening. We need pants. The phone, the phone lines are open. Okay, so this everyone knows this segment. So basically, the scenario is Tommy heads down to St. Vitale Mall. Um, he splits an Uber with Chevy, um, mainly because he's got to see... No, no, actually, it's going to be Mr. Paul Maurice in this this uh, situation. Me and Maurice are sharing an Uber? Yeah, so... I hope he's paying. Uh, well... I don't know. You, I don't like, even have the Uber app. He's a really busy guy. He can't just like take an Uber to St. Vitale. You got to like put some, uh, I gotta you got to sweeten him. the deal. Yeah, sure. Okay. So you're going to, the like, Uber comes to you. I'll buy you a hot dog from New York fries. <laughs> <laughs> the Uber comes to your place first, grabs you. You head over to Paul Maurice's mansion. You grab him. You make some small talk along the way. Yeah. But mainly the whole purpose of this trip is to see what kind of pants that Paul Maurice wears because you need to put those pants on okay. to answer this question. Sure. So, you know, we're we're approaching some hard-fought battles here in this qualifying round, potentially into the playoffs. Um, and unfortunately, injuries are bound to happen. It's, yeah. it's, the, it's the season. Peep guys are playing hard. Also, guys haven't played in a long time. Maybe there's going to be some uh, injuries based on, you know, maybe not being in the normal condition that you are after playing 82 games and then going to the playoffs. Right. All that situation. So, um, you know, you and Paul Maurice are weaving through the men's department at the Bay. Um, he grabs this pair of pants and you grab the same pair because you got to put that pair on because <laughs> this question is for you, Tommy. Okay. One of your defensemen goes down. Yeah. Let's just say it's, it's anyone in the top six. Yeah. Um, you can... You can change your answer based on who who might be injured or right. you can just give it to me straight up but one of these guys goes out you got to put in a new d-man from from your black aces mm-hmm. uh first off i'm thinking spiza i'm thinking hashtag free niku and i'm thinking hashtag uh hashtag tony potato yeah yeah and then the uh the fourth uh defensive black aces carl dahlstrom ah yes yeah, yeah the swedish wonder from i'll never uh, forget his photo from, <laughs> from being his, announced as a winnipeg jet his first uh jet photo it's like they had one picture to, cho- <laughs> to choose so from. so good so good it was the one that went up on the scoreboard or on the instagram or whatever and it was literally like the only photo they had of, it looked like someone said hey carl and he turned and was scared like, and they what? <laughs> so good. No offense, Carl. You're yeah, a great, yeah. You're a great D man. Yeah. But anyways, um, someone someone gets injured in in the yeah. heat of the battle, and uh, who who are you picking to go in? I think I'm first. The first thing I'm doing is I'm turning to Lucas Biza, and I'm saying, "Strap him on, bud. Here we go." Uh, the reasons are are a couple fold. Um, I think he's. Well, he showed this season stepping in with the Jets when they got him off waivers from I don't even remember where, but he uh, the Islanders. I Anaheim? thought it was Anaheim. Yeah. Okay, yeah, he he's a shot blocker. You need that in the playoffs. He uh, he can be physical. I think mostly he's experienced. 
He's got um, several hundred NHL games under his belt. He's been in the playoffs before. Like he was on Vegas in 2018. They went to the finals. Um, you know, so he's he's kind of. I, I think he knows that he he would just have to sort of do his role and be and do the Lucas Pisa thing. Like they're not necessarily counting on him to do more than what he would have to do. So I think he's the first guy. Um, you know, and then after that, so I guess handed wise, it might depend on who, if who, who it is that he's coming in for. Um, so like the defense pairings on the Jets right now are uh, Josh Morrissey with Dylan DeMello. And then on the second pairing, you've got Kulikov and Neil Pionk. And the third pairing is Poolman and Nathan Beaulieu. Nasty Nate. Nasty Nate. Uh, so it depends, obviously, who's going down. But they have a nice balance of lefties and righties and and guys that seem to work together really well. Um, if if it's like Pionk that goes down, I could see maybe Niku getting a call because he's slick skater, good passer, and he could maybe kind of fill that role of what Neil Pionk does. Uh, I think Pionk has better defensive positioning and and is a little stronger on the puck, although in the exhibition game it was – I didn't really notice it, but I read several times that Pionk looked bad in the opening period or something, or maybe throughout the game. He gave up some some free pizzas, as uh, the old coach used to say. But – I didn't really notice, but anyway, I, I don't think that Niku is gonna see any action unless uh, absolutely absolutely necessary. I think Lucas Bees is the first guy to get the tap on the shoulder if somebody goes down, and then after that, even I'd say Tony Potato, um, and like you know, we love Tony Potato around here. But my heart races every time he's on the ice. Oh no! What bad play is he going to do next? You know, but he he's a he's a character guy. He'll block the shot with his face if he has to. I think so. I, I agree with you, Espiza. I think he's the type of player like he's built for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He plays that kind of game. Mm-hmm. He can be in the trenches. He can put his body in front of a puck, yeah. in front of a body. Make the simple play. Do whatever. Like he 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 knows what it takes. Yeah. Um he's been to the cup final before. Yeah. So I think that's a no-brainer. As much as I'd want to see Free Niku, yeah. hashtag Free Niku and his flow just going down the ice, scoring 87 goals in, in <laughs> one playoff season, but he can't really put much together in the regular season. So yeah. Well, um, he just had a tough year this year because it started with a car crash and then he pulled his groin and then this happened and that happened and apparently he wasn't happy with his decision to be benched or something there was a feud between him and coat defensive coach uh, charlie huddy or whatever five-time um, cup winner charlie huddy yeah <laughs> uh you know, I don't know what the, I don't know what to read into those rumors that I heard, but I, you know, I mean, that might just be a case of a young guy thinking he is owed more than he's been given, yeah. and uh, who knows? Well, there was also talk of Jackie Boy Roslevic wanting to get traded out of Winnipeg, and right. looks like he's doing just fine now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So who knows? And you know, I mean, I think the Jets would like to see Jackie Boy get that. You know, the the number two center spot that's kind of been 
with Brian Little on the shelf. Uh, Cody Eakin's there now. I don't know that Eakin is your all-time second-line center, but like, and I don't think Jack Roslovic is ready to step into that role yet. But maybe, maybe in a year or two. But he's got the wheels. He's got the skill. The yeah. way he set up uh, Kulikov there, that like, was a nice pass. Yeah. yeah, I think he's it's it's starting to come to him better than his first couple seasons in the league. I think and, there's no better duo to play with either than yeah. Lowry and Cop. Yeah, so I think, um, and that's a good line, yeah. Um, but defensively, yeah, I don't know that Niku's going to see the time uh, if, and you know, like they might even decide, uh, depending on matchups and stuff, they might they might take, I don't necessarily see this happening, but they might take Beaulieu out and put, Something. Whoever yeah. else in, it, it's you know, or like, they might take uh, Poolman out or whatever. Yeah, but. there there might be like a lot of roster kind of matchuping. Like if if this team has got this guy in, then the Jets yeah. might match that. Like that's yeah. kind of what's cool about the playoffs is, um, not only is the play on the ice, there's like, like yeah. some strategy and coaching that really factors in. Especially once you get into the seven game series, uh, like I think with the five game series, you'll see it a little bit, but. Uh, maybe not as much, but um, the seven-game series, uh, you really get that just the the off-ice like matchups and the head games going and stuff like that, and it's kind of cool. It's great, great pair of playoffs, I think, too. Um, so I, just keeping with this theme, uh, and I'll just keep this to just to one player for the Black Aces that are forwards. Who who's the guy that you'd love to see? Uh, in the mix, um, you know, love is maybe like the, not the wrong term because then somebody's got to get injured. Yeah, but exactly. like, who do you think is the next to to step in? Sure. Well, here's the black aces for the Jets on forward. Basically, you got David Gustafsson, the the Swedish rookie who looked great at the World Juniors. He played great player. He played I think twenty he's something future. games for the Jets at the start of the year, and he didn't look out of place offensively he didn't do a whole lot he scored one goal um and it was a nice it was goal. a nice goal yeah yeah but he you know i think he'll get that part of his game going because i think it's there it's but but he might end up being kind of one of those elite checking centers of the nhl you, I, I it's hard to say at this point yeah but you know um he's on the black aces you got uh mark latestu who at the first of the year played some games and then came down with some sort of uh, like severe illness or something. I can't remember what it was, but like a health issue. Season ending. That held him out. Yeah. But he's good to go, I guess. He's yeah. on the roster, right? Um, you've also got uh, Logan Shaw and Gabe uh, Gabriel Bork and Jansen Harkins as the other Black Aces. I thought Shaw, he played, you know, 30, 40 games this year for the Jets. I thought he looked good. Uh, Jansen Harkins came in and played about 30 games. Looked really good. Um, AHL All-Star Jansen yeah. Harkins. Ah, yeah. And uh, Gabriel Bork even. I mean, you know what you're getting with that guy. Um, you know, he played all right too. So as far as the black aces go, I think I think Jansen Harkins is the kind of guy at the top of the list right there just because of how he played essentially the last 30 games of the season and uh, was looking good doing it. Him or Gabriel Bork, I'd say, are the, are the first guys they go to. Um, with Bork, 
you know, he's a very physical player. So maybe you get into a series, I don't know, maybe against Calgary even you might see him come into a game. It's hard to say, you know, uh, but he, I, I like the forward lines as they are right now, but let's say Nick Ehlers is, isn't good to go or whatever. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised to see if Ehlers is out, maybe Perot jumps up and then Bork on the fourth line or something like that. So, you know, that wouldn't shock me. Um, you got to love Mason Appleton too. Yeah. Like the kid's got wheels Yeah, and like he's got skill. Yeah. I think he's not too far behind Jackie boy. So maybe former AHL rookie of the year, Mason Appleton. That's right. Um, (laughs) Maybe you see Ehlers, whatever. Maybe someone in the top six goes out. Yeah. Jackie boy goes up into that top six. Yeah. And then, um, and then Appleton moves up. Yeah, something then, like that. Yeah, yeah. But you know, regardless, this is all all hypothetical. Uh, for sure. But you have to say you have to think that you know there is a little bit of depth there. Um, that it's not like oh god, I hope no one gets injured. No, I like the depth that yeah. they've got right now, and um, having seen based on all the injuries this year, having seen all those guys play some games, I think that they're fully capable so you know knock on wood that nobody gets injured uh there you go so that's that's those are our depth guys let's just maybe transition back to you know a couple leaders if you will that are now nominated for a couple awards yeah so obviously the big one is goaltender connor hallibach who nominated for the vesna award probably the favorite in that category it's him tukarask and vasilevsky yeah i, believe, I think right? if, if heli doesn't win it's complete robbery <laughs> conspiracy yeah. Uh, bs it, it, yeah and that won't go over well in winnipeg yeah. where we just feel everything is against us yeah I will just give a shout out to my mom who's listening right now. She's our number one fan probably. Uh, But I was talking to her earlier and told her I would uh, try to watch my swears. So right there, I I just watched a swear. There you go. And so that one's for you, mom. Uh, (laughs) What are her thoughts? Does she think Kelly's going to win the Vesna? I think she's fully on board the Hellebuck train. Absolutely. Um, You know, when you look at his numbers it's hard not to think that he's going to win because yes, Tukarask has a better save percentage and goal to, uh, goals against average by mere percentage points. But the workload is so much smaller on Rask than it was on Hellebuck. Hellebuck saw the most like games played minutes, shots against made the most saves, you know, had the most shutouts, most wins, like all these things. And um, it's just, I think he, it, it's it's Hellebuck's year to win it. Like he, this is his second nomination and he could have won it the first time he got nominated, but I don't remember who did. I think, I think Pekka Rene. Yeah. 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 And um, so I think that, uh, I think it's, you know, Hellebuck's to lose, but you know, we'll see. Um, and then who vote is that a voted award or how does that I one think work? like the hockey writers okay yeah so that also like that tends to like say for instance well I guess line a probably didn't really have a, a, a decent shot at winning Calder because Matthews right was in it but um 
I know a lot of people were talking about uh, Connor Hellebuck being considered for the heart, like the MVP. Yeah. But uh, again, you, I think I said that like last time we were talking. I was like, "What about that?" But there's, you know, you've got Panarin, you've got Drysidle, and uh, Nasty Nate, or the other one. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, Nate it, Dog. Nate Dog is. <laughs> I don't know which one's which. Yeah, it's. I think we've. Uh, I think Nate Dog should be Nate McKinnon. Okay. Yeah. And, and Nasty, nasty Nate, Nate Bolu. Yeah, because okay. he's pretty nasty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he'll. He'll he'll cool. lay he'll lay you down and yeah, it, not on a bed of roses either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, but um Blake Wheeler uh is yeah. up for a award too, the right? The King Clancy Award. So I that's the I, leadership award? Yeah, that's uh leadership both on ice and off ice. Um so every team uh submits a nominee, I guess, for that one. Uh I think is how it works. And then they f- filter it down to um you know three or whatever so is he actually one of the three yes oh wow i didn't know that i thought he was just one of the team representatives oh uh you know i'm not actually sure i assumed regardless he's potentially up for the yeah i thought he'd been paired down to like one of the final nominees kind of deal so uh, and you know that's a cool award i think um because it's kind of like a real, like, you don't have to be a captain to get it, but I think it's a real captain's award, you know? Um, and, and he's, Blake has had a great year as far as his growth as a leader goes, I think, because there was a little bit of talk last year in the off season. And I think we did some of the talking about, you know, is he the right captain or whatever there were maybe there was a little turmoil in the room or something like that and 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 then at the uh, I think it was the beginning of the year Blake had he came out uh, in an interview on TSN or Hockey Night in Canada or whatever it was and he was talking about it and his leadership style and he's been he, he, he like tried to revamp it a little bit and think about things a little more and be less of uh intense guy or whatever you know i think he's he's when he gets in game mode he's intense there's you know and that's what you want out of a professional athlete well uh, but but his his personal relations or whatever right i think he's been a little more cognizant of that and then of course the other thing that he's been vocal about lately is is uh black lives matter and uh, of course, the George Floyd murder happening in his hometown of Minneapolis and everything. And he came out with it. You know, he was one of the first players, if not the first player to come out with a statement about that. And, uh, you know, he's taken a bit of a leadership role there in that kind of regard, too. So kind of, uh, I don't know. I, I like Blake a lot. I think he's a great hockey player, but he's a real stand up guy, it seems like, too. Right. So I don't know. Okay, here's a, here's a learning moment here, okay. folks. Okay. So the uh, King Clancy Memorial Trophy is presented to the player who best exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice and has made a noteworthy humanitarian com- contribution to his community. Okay. So the winner will be based on clear and measurable po- clear and measurable positive impact on the community investment of time and resources, commitment to a particular cause or community, commitment to the league's community initiatives, 
creativity of programming, use of influence, and engagement of others. Okay, so it's like a role model award in a lot of ways, eh? So, yeah, so basically each team has their own nomination. Yeah. And uh, the the top three nominees will be revealed uh, in early August, they said. Oh, okay. So, so I'll, I'll just do quickly down the, down the line here. Um, in order of teams alphabetically, you got Cam Fowler, you got Ekman Larson, Bergeron, Eichel, Hamannick, Stahl, Jordan, Taves, uh, Landeskog, Atkinson, Sagan, Abelkager, Abel, Abdelkader, Gavlkader, <laughs> Dreisaitl, Bobrovsky, Bobrovsky, <laughs> Lewis, Dumba, Price, Rene, Subban, Matt Martin, Lundqvist, Brady Kachuk, Kevin Hayes, Sid the Kid, Evander Kane, Ryan O'Reilly, Alex Klorn, Edler, Marc-Andre Fleury, Garnet Hathaway, and Blake. Nice. That's yeah. the list. So they'll they'll well, they'll announce the top three, I guess, yeah. in the next week A couple week names so. that stand out there for me are uh, Subban, P.K. Subban. He's uh, very, uh, what do you call it, like out there as far as his community work goes. Oh, he does a lot. Yeah. A lot of it. Yeah. A lot of it. So I think... I wonder who some of the past winners are. I don't know. Like it's, it's not on my radar as far as like top of the head knowledge. But you know, you got to think that maybe that uh, PK has won that one before. But if not, he would be a worthy guy. But I think Blake's a worthy guy too, for sure. So and uh, what I was gonna say too, it's like when you have a captain like that, like when the leader of your team is the guy who works the hardest, yeah, and like cares the most. Everybody. It's easy to care about your job. Everybody does. Then. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, like, no offense to our boy over there in the corner, Andrew Ladd, <laughs> a little on the lackadaisical side. Right. That um, maybe it was kind of hard to motivate the boys. Yeah. But yeah. I, you could even see that at times Blake Wheeler, like his intensity, could could motivate everybody. Like yeah. Bufflin, um, especially during that run two years ago. Yeah. Like he was just the ideal leader because he was like. Hop on, boys. I'm well, driving this truck and well, we're for going. Sure. And, like, I, I think coming this coming playoffs, like, if if Wheeler can set a tone the very first shift with a big hit or whatever, because he's a big, fast guy, you know, if he can drive the net hard, if he can do something big like that, you just get the, get the boys going right away. I think he's got that ability. So it'll be interesting to see um, sort of. But, yeah, like – uh, I, I remember saying to my brother one time, he and I went to a Jets game a couple a couple winters ago, and uh, we were talking about it on the way down, and I was saying, like, I feel like Blake Wheeler drives a Ford F-150, and then he just, like, drives it hard and parks it right in the crease, <laughs> you know, and just, like, it just seems like... You know he's he's like you say he's driving the bus, but I I picture it as a as a pickup truck, like a big pickup truck or something. But guaranteed, yeah, yeah. He's just he's he's like hop on boys, here we go. You know, yeah. uh, he probably gets that truck for free from Birchwood Ford, <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> but yeah. um, and no, I don't want to get sponsored by Birchwood Ford, <laughs> but the bay would be cool because I could use some summer wear. Everybody needs pants. <laughs> yeah. Um. So last part of uh, period two, um, it's a little segment that I guess maybe came during season two, I think, maybe yeah. b- almost by accident, a bit of a it was, experiment, a little happy accident. We've if you only will. really done it a couple times, I think, too. 
like we haven't done it much, but it's the five card draw. Yeah. So the just uh, we'll run down. What what's the five card draw? So on this show we've played we've played hockey card war. So five card draw is like it's almost a very it's not a variation of hockey card war, but it was inspired by it's basically you take five hockey cards. Well, one of us takes like we've each done it. I think once or twice. And you just kind of look through your hockey cards and find a theme or something like that. Yeah. And so what I've done, Randy, is I've found some ninth score cards, score hockey cards from 1991. And these are the player awards uh, nice. cards that I've got here. What a segue. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we go from talking Jets nominee award nominees to the winners of the 2000 or sorry the 1991 is there a Vezina in there yeah there is, is there a Clancy no Clancy okay. no so I'll go through them here for you and this is no particular order because I've just kind of got them in my hand here but excuse me the uh, bikey McBike face is a little uh little uh, gurgly here we go now uh okay so the heart memorial trophy so did you know it was called the memorial trophy the heart memorial or did you like like i just assumed it was the heart trophy i knew they they always had like the longer name yeah. but like yeah to me it's the heart yeah so the heart memorial trophy in 1991 went to brett hall of the st louis blues the golden brett yeah so um History was made when he won the Hart Trophy as the NHL's most valuable player. He became part of the first father-son team to capture the award. His dad, Bobby, of course, won it in 65 and 66, back when he would have played with the Chicago Blackhawks. So has uh, father-son combo won it since then? Probably not. I can't think of one. So Brett Hall. Uh, And these cards are kind of cool. Like, they're just... They're all wearing tuxes. They all basically have the exact same tux on, all the winners here. Uh, So this is like, there's a nice NHL draped flag behind them. And the cards themselves, they got some marble uh, frame on them. And yeah, the score, 91. These are in mint condition. Like I found them in a box that I didn't even know I had. Nice. So. Cash them in? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, So yeah. 91 Memorial, uh, Hart Memorial Trophy, Brett Hall. I think he scored a lot of goals that year. Probably 70 or 80. Scored a few, yeah. So uh, the the winner of the Art Ross Trophy that year, as indicated by this card. Yeah. So this is the only guy with a little bit of a different tux. It's Wayne Gretzky. So, of course. Never heard of him. No, he, <laughs> this would have been his second or third year on the LA Kings, I guess. Uh, that's 90, Yeah. So third, cause he went there in 88, I think. Yeah. So he had 163 points, 41 goals and 122 assists. Just couldn't get 50. Eh, and, Wayne? uh, Brett Hall had 131, which, so like, that's pretty good, but Gretzky had 30 more points than him. So that's, Yeah. Crazy. Jeez. Adam, Adam Oates was setting Brett Hall up all season, and Oates was third in points there with 115. But, yeah, so basically consecutive seasons with 100 points, that was his 12th consecutive season with at least 100. 
So 160 points. For Wayne Gretzky. There you go, bud. 1991 leading scorer and Art Ross Trophy winner. Uh, do you want me to save the Vesna for last? Sure. Yeah. Why not? So ninety ninety one, the the Penguins would have won the cup, I think. Yes. I yeah. Think the yeah. the first of their back to backs. Oilers. Oh, and then Penguins were ninety one, ninety two, and ninety two, ninety three. No, no, the Montreal won it in ninety three. So yeah, ninety ninety one would have been Penguins. Ninety one, ninety two, Penguins. Nine, yeah, exactly. Ninety two, ninety three. Eighty eighty nine, ninety was Oilers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So Frank J. Selkie Trophy. Or the, the leadership? The, no. Or the Selkie Trophy. As oh, no. Uh, most sportsmanlike? Defensive play forward. Oh, okay. Uh, this P- Patrice Bergeron has right. won this so award a lot So basically the not cool award. <laughs> the, <laughs> the not the, flashy award. Yeah, but like the like, you're a really good player, but like you don't win the scoring award. So like Jonathan but, Taves gets that. Yeah. You know, Bergeron. Yeah. Who back in the day, like Datsuk would get that a lot, I think. Probably like, Datsuk. Not back in the day, it. but that'd be like 2000s. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think probably Guy Carboneau would so have won who, it. Are uh, we looking at like Dougie Gilmore here or what? No, we're looking at Regina Saskatchewan's own Dirk Graham of Whoa. the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah. Uh, Grammer beat out teammate Steve Larmer and Edmonton's Essa Tikkanen to win the prestigious uh, Selkie Trophy, presented annually to the league's top defensive forward. So the Dirk Graham was the captain of the Hawks. He had 24 goals, 21 assists in 80 games that year. Geez, he only had 40 points. Gretzky had 160. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, I guess they would throw Dirk out every time they played the Oilers to check Wayne, you know what I mean? Keep him, Try and keep him in check anyway. Otherwise, he would add 170 points. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, uh, Chicago had the league's second-best PK. Um, I guess that's where it comes in, eh? Like the yeah. sh- shutting down teams and your yeah. and your good PK. Uh, he scored six shorties. So there you go, there Dirk you go. Graham, Attaboy, Regina, Dirk. Saskatchewan. Good looking fella. Uh, <laughs> the next, <laughs> the next prize we have is the Norris Trophy winner, best of, defenseman. Yeah, the best defenseman, and this one in 1991, <laughs> it goes to Ray Bork of the Boston Bruins. No surprise there, really. That was his fourth Norris. Yikes. And I think he probably got a couple after that. I don't know. I'd have to Google it. But uh, basically, he joined Bobby Orr and Doug Harvey as the only players to ever win the award more than three times. Orr won it eight times. Doug Harvey won it seven. Well, I don't think anyone's touching Bobby Orr's record. Well, didn't Nick Lidstrom win a whole bunch of them? Eight? I don't know how many. Let me let me call eight. the intern here. Yeah, yeah, you call the intern because um, that's a good question. But uh, yeah, Ray Bork. I mean, probably the most dominant defenseman of his era, uh, for sure. Kind of looks like on this card, he's got the the uh, Dave Lowry sunglasses tan going. It's hard to see, but well, chances are those awards were what in Los Angeles. Yeah, probably. Eh. They hold them in Vegas these days, I think. Every year. In the 90s, probably L.A., yeah. Um, I read an interesting story about uh, how players like the L.A. Kings and referees and whatever, they all used to hang out at this place called the Melody Bar in Los Angeles right by the airport. It just got me to thinking about like how cool it would be to be 
popping in for a pint at your local watering hole and oh there's Gretzky and Carrie Fraser or whatever yeah. you know what I mean like okay yeah. get this okay. Norris Trophy winners ever since 1980 okay I'll do it quickly okay Larry Robinson Randy Carlyle Doug Wilson Rod Langway Rod Langway Paul Coffey Paul Coffey Ray Bork Ray Bork Chris Chelios Ray Bork Ray Bork Brian Leach Chris Chelios Ray Bork Paul Coffey Chris Chelios <laughs> Brian Leach Rob Blake mm. Al McInnes Chris Pronger, Nick Lidstrom, Nick Lidstrom, Nick Lidstrom, Scott Niedermeyer, Nick Lidstrom, <laughs> Nick Lidstrom, Nick Lidstrom, Chara, Keith, Lidstrom, Carlson, Subban, Keith, Carlson, Dowdy, Burns, Hedman, Giordano. Huh. Lidstrom had one, two, that sounded three, like more than eight. four, five, six, seven. He had seven. Seven. So it came so up shy of Bobby. Bobby Orr. Yeah. McDavid's ag- agent. Huh. Yeah, I don't know that anybody will break Bobby Orr's, but like that's kind of interesting to hear because you just hear list those names rapid fire like that. You're like, you're like, yeah, Chelly and Coffee. Like Paul, Co- Coffee. Paul Coffee was like my favorite, I think, probably. And he was so you smooth. Know, and and then like, but then yeah, that that was and Brian Leach, like that guy was so good. And like yeah, I loved Al McKinnis. To have he only won it once. I think so. Yeah. Not wild, yeah. Chris Pronger only won it once, I think, according to maybe what I just heard. Like Drew Doughty only won it once. Yeah, yeah. Like these are great defensemen. So it's a tough award to win, no doubt about it. Um Well, Niedermeyer only won it once. Yeah. Yeah, like that guy's gotta be considered as one of the the greats, I would think. Um but you know, he's got a he's got a uh Con Smythe, I think, doesn't he? Niedermeyer? Yeah. Okay, so watch this. Bobby Orr from, like, oh, geez, what did I just do? <laughs> intern. Yeah. How did I the do this? The intern flubbed it. Well, who's nominated for the Norris this year? It's uh, John Carlson of the Washington Capitals. It's uh, Head, Head. what's his name on uh, Tampa? Hedman. Hedman. And who's the third guy nominated? I'm not sure. Yeah, Bobby Orr won it eight times, mm-hmm. eight years in a row. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Bobby Orr really only had a 10-year career or something yeah. like that. So isn't that a shame, though, eh? 10 years. So some years. guy named Harry Howell won it in 66-67, and then no one else got to touch it for eight years until Dennis Potvin. Huh. But Bobby Orr just, you know what, boys? I'm going to keep this at my house this year. (laughs) And everybody was like, yeah, that's cool, Bob. (laughs) And he's probably kept the Art Ross there in the heart, too, most of the time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, what a guy that guy was, obviously. uh, Or not obviously, but like I, you know... uh, was never saw him play he was he was done playing before i was even born but um you know watching uh old footage and all the rest of it and i i stopped in perry sound one time on one of my cross canada drives and we stopped at perry sound went to the local arena and looked at all the displays at the like in the front of the arena and stuff because there was supposed to be like a Bobby Orr museum, and I was like, I couldn't find it, so I just went to the rink. <laughs> <laughs> but it was cool, and there was a bunch of stuff, and I read it, and I felt the shivers, and I was like, Bobby played here, man. It was cool. But um, yeah, Perry Sound, great place. Check it out. Nice. Yeah. Um, okay, the Vesna Trophy. 
the last of the five card draw. Ninety ninety one. So I'm going to say our, Patrick Waugh. We well, you would be wrong because wow. we're going to say Carmen Manitoba's own Eddie, Eddie Belfour. Belfour, Eddie the Eagle, Eddie the Eagle Belfour, and he looks pleased as punch in this card to be winning the award. Nice. Um, yeah, he played so, for Chicago back then. Yeah, he would have been a Chicago Blackhawk uh, top goalie and rookie of the year that year. Wow, so, that's quite the year. Uh, at that point, only uh, four other netminders did that, rookie of the year and top goalie. Um, and uh, Eddie Belfort became the latest to do it in 1991. So he led Chicago to a 49-23-8 record, um, the league's best, and he played in 74 games. Goalies don't do that anymore. No, they play like maybe high 60s. Not if even that, anymore. Yeah, like like Connor like, Hellebuck like would have done that mid six. I bet Hellebuck would have done sixty four ish or sixty five or something, and he's like one of the workhorses. But uh, yeah, Eddie's year was phenomenal. Said teammate Dirk Graham. He was there night in and night out for us. He had a competitiveness and a willingness to win every night. So high praise from the Selkie winner, Dirk Graham, captain of the Blackhawks, to his goalie. Eddie Belfour. Nice. Decent so, decent five-card draw there. Yeah, a little five-card draw. I'll take some snaps, put them up on the Insta. So, pretty good. Cool. So, I guess maybe we uh, have an intermission here yeah. coming up. I got some orange slices over here for the sure. boys. Yeah, I could, uh, st- I could use those. Probably do an intermission uh, chat here with Dennis Bayak. Uh, get my $50 gift certificate. Um, maybe come back. To the keg or where? Yeah, you know what? I might... See if I can switch that to somewhere better. Radio but, Shack, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Get some new mics. Um, no, and then I guess we'll come back in the third period. We've got oh the book, the hockey book report. Yeah, nice, is, nice. This is another segment that we introduced in season two. Uh, and we're, we're breaking also, out all the segments. For we got you know we got to dust everything off yeah, here. Yeah. And then we're also going to talk about how the NHL bubble in a way resembles some minor hockey tournaments sure. that we've gone yeah. to. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll catch you after the break. Thanks for listening and see you soon. Hey there, this is Tim Podolsky from Crest Steel, uh, number seven. You like talking hockey? I like talking hockey. You're listening to the Talkin' Hockey Show, Hockey Talkin' Talkin'. <laughs> Thanks, teammate Tim. Yeah. It's been a while. Although we just saw you playing hockey not too long ago. Didn't we? No. Oh. No, no Timmy wasn't there. Oh, I saw Timmy at Sobeys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's where he was. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Haven't, I haven't seen Tim in months now. Okay, so yeah, t- I saw Tim at Sobeys there over here, yeah. over on uh, Taylor here. Right on. Uh, so yeah, we're back here in the third period. Um, you know, let's let's get a you know a decent period in for the boys. Um, we're oh, up. Sure. We're up here. We, we're up by a few goals. Sure, but uh, you we don't just got to coast. We got to just play some good hockey. Finish off the epi here. Yeah, good um, habits. Good habits. So a little segment that we introduced not too long ago, pre-COVID. Um, was uh, where we would talk about hockey books. And yeah. I know that one segment we had did before was about a book called the Rebel League, League mm-hmm. that was... Uh, WHL. Yeah, or WHA. Or WHA. So they're a pretty cool book. If you haven't read it, check it out. Um, 
You did one about Dryden uh, the, called The Game. We talked about that one a little bit. Right, yes. Um, but anyways, we're going back to the hockey library. This book just came in from the old mailman. Okay. Today, actually. Oh, nice. And I'm Fresh. Doing, I'm hot, do- off, uh, hot off the presses. Exactly. <laughs> I'm doing some research for an upcoming film, if you will. Um, and this book is called Puckstruck. It's written, the author is Stephen Smith. Uh, the little blurb here on the front, distracted, delighted, and distressed by Canada's hockey obsession. Basically, I think this is a, a deep dive into uh, Canada's, you know, obsession and love for the game of hockey. Cool. Um, if you look on the back, you've got um, Canadian musician, icon, writer, huge hockey fan, Dave Bedini oh, yeah. from the Rio Statics. Rio Statics. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, I've, I've come across this book online doing some research for a film that I want to make about, um, oh, I won't say, but... Uh, yes. Hockey related. Hockey related. <laughs> uh, but yes, it's called Puck Struck by Stephen Smith. We'll put a picture up on this uh, on the old uh, Instagram account. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't wait to dive into this thing. Um, kind of looks cool. Like like maybe it goes beyond like obviously uh, um, Canada's love affair with hockey. There, there's professional hockey, but maybe like it goes beyond. This book maybe looks like it goes beyond. Uh, just the pro game. You yeah, it's it's basically deeper, you know, yeah. and and how the, the community roots and such. In in also how hockey to some is more than a sport. Yeah, you yeah. know, to sure. us, yeah. to, to fellows like you and I, a bit of a lifestyle in a exactly. way. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about it uh, just today, actually, about how um, you know, in every small town rink, uh, and I was thinking about the rink that I grew up playing in. Uh, the Churro Stadium, and there would always be, you know, a, a row of old guys at the end boards behind the glass, sipping coffee and talking hockey. And uh, in a way, that's kind of what our show is. Only we're sipping beers and talking hockey. We're exactly. The, we're, we're the old guys behind the glass at the end boards, just standing there all day, the rink rats watching hockey. And I, you know what? Like, I kind of hope that. Um, once, you know, there's a vaccine for COVID-19 and all the rest of it. And, you know, I, life won't be exactly the same as it ever was maybe, but like that we can return to some sense of normalcy that I want to become like, I really want to be that old guy. I want to go to the rink and just like stand there and watch hockey for a couple hours. Well, like, if you could, wouldn't you? Like, yeah, there's yeah. nothing better. And like, I've done it before. Like I've, I've definitely gone and just like watched random minor hockey, like bantam or whatever age group is just happens to be going on but like you know walk over to the local rink and uh take in some some puck but this this looks like a cool book so um here's a quick little uh quote from the back steven smith's puck struck takes us on a magical mystery tour of all the hockey books worth reading Mm -hmm. revealing the game's joys and darkness its poetry and cruelty its inescapable hold on our hearts Cool. So basically what we just said, how hockey is bigger than a game. Yeah. So I will read this and on a future episode here in the bubble season, um, you know, I will give my review, but I can't wait to dive into it tomorrow morning over Sounds a good. cup of coffee. Sounds good. One of the, um, excuse me, one of the sort of uh, things ingrained in our country's love with hockey is, is the minor hockey league tournament. 
uh, segueing to this topic, but, um, you know, like the, the bubble, the NHL bubble right now, it's very reminiscent of, of the minor league of of the minor hockey tournament. You know, when you were a kid, did you ever go on any oh, for sure. travel travel tourneys Take, or whatever? Taking a bus, you know, you're in the hotel, yeah. all the teams in one room, and the dads and coaches are in the other, and yeah. you just get to, you know, get into all sorts we of never, trouble. We never had a bus, but it would it would be like a fleet of minivans or whatever, uh, you know, Ford Windstars and such. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, like just going yeah the hotel uh, and then like you know four games in a, a, a couple days or whatever it would work out to be. You know, I don't know. But uh, all such good times. Is there any? any minor hockey tourney that you played in that sticks out to you? Like um, you look at the guys in the NHL right now and they're like in between games, they're hanging at the hotel. Like there's an Instagram account called NHL hub life. Yeah. And it collects all the Keebler just sent that to me right now. It collects all the um, whatever posts from guys. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's like, it's like they're all just hanging out. They're like, Playing uh, bean beanbag toss or the, <laughs> yeah. whatever they're doing, playing video know? games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but but yeah, like, did you ever uh, play in like you say you played in some uh, travel tourneys? But like any that stand out? I would say the one that stands out the most was probably because it was a journey. Like I remember like going to like Nipua and having to stay with a billet there for like a tournament oh, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Um, and you know, that was fine because like the family was really cool. And then like we, we, me and a teammate, we stayed with this guy who played on Nipua. So we ended up playing against him, but then his family, like he, his older brothers played hockey and there was like all this hockey history. It was just really neat. But the one that stands out to me the most was when I was probably, I think it was either, it must've been Bantam, but we went to this double a tournament in Dryden so like Dryden from Winnipeg mm. was a good drive. Like that's when we had the bus and that's um, a good, like five hours. It's a good five hours. Maybe? I think. Yeah. And just going into a new city and playing hockey. And I remember we made it to the finals nice rink there too. It's a, yeah. Very nice rink. We made it to the finals. We were playing against Dryden in the finals. I think we lost two to one, oh. but, uh, it was just, it was a pretty surreal experience because the, the rink was packed yeah. We were the team that they were cheering against, but it was still kind of neat. Like, I don't know, just, yeah. it's one of those things That's that I'll fun. never forget yeah. that like uh, we, we like, we were this team that drove all this way and we made it all the way to the finals and sure it was disappointing, but it was also like about the journey and yeah, like yeah. the time together and stuff, which, yeah. which, which I feel is what I remember the most. Like, I don't remember losing two to one. Yeah. Like the like specifics. Any specifics of the games. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, but yeah. But like, I remember like, just everyone just having a blast on the bus and Mm -hmm. you know, like, and having good times and eating pizza and all that stuff. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I remember, uh, both, I have two memories of like travel tourneys, but one is actually soccer, but they were both in Cape Breton. Um, and the, the first was when I was a youngster playing hockey and I don't know what age group this would have been. Maybe, Adam or something like I don't even know if if it was that but it was like the first road tourney and 
we were in uh, Sydney playing in this tournament, and we had a wicked team. We just were shelling everybody. And uh, But like you say, I don't really remember the results of any of the games or if we won or anything. I know we did well. I remember that much. I think I have a, I got an award for a, a game MVP or something at one point. But what I remember is like cannonballs into the hot tub <laughs> and like, you know, just like being a, a team of, uh, you know, kids just just terrorizing this hotel. And uh, and then the other one there that I was saying, I think it was actually soccer was when I was a little older and, you know, I was like a teenager or something. And we were up in, in Sydney again for the provincial soccer championships <laughs> and just the, the mischievousness that we got up to was, was pretty uh, fun. But, um, yeah, just, it seems like, uh, for a pro hockey player, a very unique and fun cir- situation for them to be in. Now, obviously a lot of these guys are grown men and have families, but like, I think, you know, to be a a professional athlete, you still have to have a sense of, uh, you know, being a kid, you know what I mean? Because you're you're playing a game and whatever. And like, so it's, it's, uh, it's kind of cool. So anyway, uh, let's wrap this up. This is uh, Hockey Dad, a two piece from Australia song called uh, Good Eye. Good Eye. That's what you say in baseball all the time. Okay, we can't talk over his vocals, but quickly, great show, Tommy. We'll be back here, folks. We'll be back here real soon. Enjoy the hockey. Yeah, it's great being back. Pick away.